Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, Husker fans. Welcome to episode 202 of the Husker Football Fan Podcast. I'm Mike Harvat. And I'm Justin Swanson. Anticipation is brewing. In today's episode, we share our growing excitement for the imminent return of Nebraska football. We also have a conversation with our sponsor and fellow Husker fan, Monty Rohde. You can find us on the web at huskerpod.com or by searching Husker Football Fan Podcast on Facebook. You can also connect with us on Twitter by following at huskerpod or email us at huskerpod at gmail.com. This episode is brought to you by Central Nebraska Buffalo. Check out their website for their latest deals. That's cnbuffalo.com. Also brought to you by Monty Rohde with Pinnacle Realty in Lincoln. Looking to buy or sell a home in Lincoln or know someone who is? Hit up Monty at 402-770-3356. Justin, I wrote the word brewing into the introduction because it's October, man. Oh, I thought there was a pun going, kind of like, is that an Oktoberfest reference? No, I, you know, I was just thinking like, you know, like a witch's brew kind of thing. Oh, witch's brew. And then there's it. Oktoberfest, but that, I mean, isn't Oktoberfest actually in September? So, I, you know, I don't really know. Yeah. Um, I know it's spelled so with was, a K. <laughs> I overthought my reaction there and oh. I, like just, I, I froze. No, you're um, fine. But yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's October. Football is nearly here. I mean, we should be a... a a month into the schedule but we're not but um but yeah i'm getting excited and i I gotta tell you i've been totally disengaged from the world of college football but i've started (laughs) reading in just the last couple days i've started reading about the games that are happening Mm -hmm. and um it's it's fun to watch texas and oklahoma lose right you know (laughs) fun to watch chaos and other conferences and you know knowing it's coming for us too but Mm -hmm. uh you know we're gonna have football we're gonna have nebraska football Strangely, um, I'm learning that in the absence of Husker football, I've actually been more interested in the NFL this fall so far uh, than college football. I'm sure that once uh, we have a stake in what's going on, that will change. But uh, for the most part, I've been watching and enjoying NFL games more than the college games. Well, that hasn't happened to me. (laughs) Yeah, I, I don't blame you. Sounds like you've been pretty busy the last few months. Yeah, yeah, you know. A lot of little kids, it's, but it's good. It's good. I'm, I, I'm not complaining. I've never been a big NFL guy anyway. Mm. Um, well, I mean, you did do Huskers in the NFL, and speaking of, for for once, we would have had something to talk about had we recorded an episode last week. Rex Burkhead was basically the entire offense for the Patriots last week. It was, it was a sight to see. Did you manage to catch any of that? Well, I saw the highlights. Did you watch the game? The whole game was like Rex Burkhead highlights. Oh, like, really? E- even the announcers were talking about him like he was carrying the back on his team. It was awesome to watch. He was carrying the back on his team? Shoot. I meant to say team on his back. Yeah, you you, you should – don't cut that. That's great. <laughs> um, I thought you were trying to be clever for a second, but nope, I was like – not no, at I all. I just got tongue um, No, that that's fantastic. It's it's so good for to see him be successful, and I'm happy to hear that it wasn't just like, you know, long passes get you to the one-yard line handed off to Rex Burkhead. I mean, that's – yeah. 
No, it, That's awesome. it was just, for me, it was really satisfying because it's, it was the confirmation of what we always knew about Rex, right? I mean, there's a reason he was gearing up with a Heisman campaign his senior season before, you know, he, uh, an injury derailed that, you know? So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's cool to see that, you know, the rest of the world is figuring that out now. <laughs> yeah, better late than never. He's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's and it's also been exciting, you know, just to see uh, press conferences, to hear from coaches, to hear uh, player quotes, um, to finally and and I don't know about you, but for me, it almost feels like um, it feels like we're coming off a really really long off season, and even though we talked a lot about this stuff, and well, I guess we really didn't dig into it in spring football since that got canceled, so maybe we haven't dug into it because. Well, some of these names, I'm just like, oh, yeah, I forgot they were on the team. Oh, yeah, I forgot he was a <laughs> new offensive coordinator. I mean, it's uh, so it's really exciting to just get kind of reacquainted with the team after the last number of months of, you know, garbage um, that, that yeah, it is football time. Yeah. And also just to see, uh, you know, social media clips of guys hitting with pads. Mm. <laughs> One of my, my five-year-old saw a clip and she just hasn't seen much football. She's like, why are they hitting each other? I was like, that's football, honey. <laughs> you have much to learn about being a you child in Nebraska. Yeah. Speaking of, um, you mentioned earlier, it was nice to see Texas lose. Um, I did watch that game yesterday. So it was interesting seeing JD Spielman on the field. Yeah. How did he do? Yeah, he was he was pretty active. I mean, he he made a contribution. He was doing kick returns, uh, I guess punt returns. He was doing special team stuff, and I think you know he got a couple carries and uh, pretty decent <laughs> reception too. So, oh, good for him. Mm-hmm. Good for him. Yeah. I mean, that's all we got to work with right now in terms of Husker, uh, you know, uh, peripheral Husker yeah. content. <laughs> right. The extreme periphery. Mm-hmm. Active former, still college Huskers. There you go, there you go. It's a really it's pretty it's a pretty small subset of people in the world today. Hashtag Calabrasca, <laughs> Oregon State, Nebraska. <laughs> right. Well, you know, it's just uh, it's one final adventure before the other final <laughs> adventures. <laughs> that was good. That was uh, good. Uh, it wasn't very good. <laughs> Well, hey, um, how about we toss it on over to the interview that we recorded for this week? Yeah, this is fun. This is an opportunity for you all to hear from from our sponsor, Monty Rohde, hear a little bit about his job, what he does, get to know him a little bit. But then also we, we talk Nebraska football. So it's not just not just an extended chat about real estate, but we get into uh, we get into the big red. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really nice to finally connect with Monty in this way. You know, Justin, you and I, uh, before this season began, we did have a conversation with with Monty mm-hmm. uh, privately, yeah. but it's nice to bring him onto the podcast and just uh, hear his thoughts uh, a little bit about real estate, but also, um, yeah, towards the end of there, we start talking about Nebraska football, his expectations for the season, um, how he's just happy that it's happening at all, and uh, yeah, so it'll be great to um, finally get to have him on the podcast. Absolutely. Hey, let's run that tape. We are excited to have our sponsor, Monty Rohde, here with us today. Um, Monty, welcome to the show. Thank you. So uh, we're, we're excited just for our, our listeners to have the opportunity to, 
to hear from you and, and to get to know you a little bit. So tell us about yourself. We love talking about you every week. Tell us about yourself. Well, I grew up in uh, Western Nebraska out in the little town of Sydney, um, home of Cabela's. Mm-hmm. But, uh, either way, it was a great experience and I love living out there. And I came back to Eastern Nebraska to go to school and got my degree in electrical engineering and went to work for a few companies and ended up uh, getting up to the level of a senior vice president and general manager of a business unit of a billion dollar British company. And uh, did that for six, seven years, and then uh, left that company and semi-retired, did some consulting gigs. And then my golf partner in my league is, uh, he owns Pinnacle Realty Group. And he's like, "Uh, Mom, he goes, why don't you get your license to come work for me, do something productive, come on, have fun. Like, (laughs) all right, sounds good to me. So that's what I did. And I started January 2nd with uh, Pinnacle Realty Group. And so now I'm uh, selling stuff, big things, big good things. Cool. How's it going? It's going well. Um, obviously, COVID threw a monkey wrench into things as far as just the whole process and just like everybody's been affected by it. But generally speaking, it, the, the, the buying side of the business has stayed just robust as heck through it. They, the buyers are all there. They want houses really bad, which part of my message is, you know, if you're on the sell side or thinking about getting on the sell side, this it's a seller's market big time. I mean, you can name your price practically and you know, there, there's not enough inventory out there. Um, I think the sellers probably hunkered down a little bit more than the buyers did through COVID. And we're reaching levels of unheard of. I mean, right now, month over month, and these are numbers from August, from July to August, um, the days on market that existing homes stayed on the market when they're listed. And normally in a normal environment, you're at um, 30 to 45 days, generally speaking, is considered a pretty aggressive market. In August, it was 11 days. Oh, wow. And that's a that's 40, surprising. That's a 42% drop from July. So, I wow. mean, it, it's just insane. So, that the houses go fast out there. So, you know, we're, we're starving for inventory. And, um, you know, you think on the sell side, one of the things that people argue is that, well, it's so aggressive. I was thinking about downsizing. And, you know, I'm worried that if I sell my house, I'm not going to be able to find another place. Hmm. Well, again, the whole process is going to kick off and people are going to start, you know, leveraging these interest rates are unheard of. They're epic lows. They still are. You can easily get loans under 3% quite easily. Hmm. Um, And so, you know, the, the, the demand's out there. I mean, most houses, if they're priced right, especially in that call it $200,000 range, if they're priced right, it's a good home. Um, You get six offers day one, all of them at or above asking price and it's gone. So, Hmm. You know, you so got to be able to move really fast. And you got to set a good asking price. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You can't be afraid to what, what to ask for, you know. You can always go with the lower offer, but at the same time, uh, right now that we're in the mode where the, the sellers can actually increase the price and people still jump on it. So it's a very unique uh, time. And, uh, you know, it's just a really great time in the housing market. And it hasn't slowed down a bit, bit on the buyer side. But inventory, you know, inventory literally, it – decreased um, 15.7%. And for existing homes, inventory decreased from July to August by 50%. So that means 50% of the homes that were on the market in July were not there in August. Mm. It's dropped like crazy. So, And as, uh, as we approach winter here, do you, do you suppose it'll, the inventory will continue to drop? 
just kind of with the regular cycle of things? You know, it's hard telling because I've just got into this industry recently. I've studied a lot of the statistics and listened to my boss and several other folks that have been around for years. And um, um, usually they see a pretty heavy drop off in winter, but, you know, it's kind of hard telling. Um, usually spring and fall are the big selling seasons. Summer is usually pretty darn steady and winter usually tails off and it all averages out over the year. But I think uh, this year, who, who knows? I mean, it's been yeah. crazy. But, you know, again, if people are looking to upgrade or downsize, you know, go for it. If anything, you end up with a big pocket of cash at the end of the day and you buy yourself some time to find that next house and mm -hmm. be in a position to jump on it when it when it shows up so you can get on it really quickly. So we've uh, we're, we're kind of focused here on on homes. But as I understand it, you sell you'll sell more than just homes. You'll do commercial as well as well. Right. Yeah, yeah, we do commercial investments are holding really strong. Um, we've actually sold like uh, $7 generals in the state of Nebraska this year. Those are considered what's called a single tenant, triple net lease. Single tenant being obviously dollar generals, the only tenant in the building. It's not oh, okay. like a mm -hmm. And then triple net uh, basically means the the renter pays all expenses the taxes the insurance the maintenance all that so the investors who own that building basically collect a check every month is all they do nice and it's a really safe investment i mean it's not stock market returns but then again it's also not the volatility of the stock market yeah. so either place right. park some money you know they've done really really well and places like um i made some notes here let's see uh you know, the essential retailers, which is Dollar General's one of them, and industrial properties have really become more sought off, sought after due to COVID. So th those are places people want to invest in because they've kind of proven they're sort of COVID proof. Or, yeah. So, um, you know, apartments have been big. They're harder to come by. Again, it's an inventory problem. Um, you know, if you've noticed, they've built a lot of apartments in Lincoln in the last few years, and they're continuing yeah. to build more, but boy, yeah. they fill right up. And hmm. uh so the apartments are a, another good deal. A lot of the stuff Pinnacle does is uh, it's sold pre-market, uh, off-market, basically before it even can get to a system level approach, like a multiple listing service, it's already sold. And so we do a lot of business deals off-market. So if you want to talk to us, that's the best way to find out what we have going on the commercial side that you might not see on Zillow or some of the other commercial real estate sites. Hmm. So, and... We basically, you know, anything we can help to buy, sell, lease, or any asset type of land, uh, industrial buildings, office space, retail, you know, not, not just on the investment side, but we'll help anywhere we can. So we have a pretty strong commercial offering. Monty, what's your favorite part about working with people to buy and sell homes and properties? Well, it's, it's actually pretty dynamic. It's, you know, one thing that Bob Peterson, my boss, told me day one was he goes, he goes, I've been doing this for 44 years and I see something new every week, something mm -hmm. I've never experienced every week. And mm. so far, that's pretty much held true. <laughs> some, some of it not so good, but at least, yeah. you know, it's something different every day, practically. And mm. so that was, that's always something I've loved about working was if I just sit in a job and I do the same thing day after day, drive, drive me crazy. But yeah. uh, I get to do a bunch of little different things and think, you know, it's, it's always much more interesting. So it's funny to me. It makes me think of 
how we launched our podcast uh, in a very unique time for, for Husker football. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when, whenever people say, oh, when did you launch? We'll say uh, day one of Mike Riley. <laughs> and people go, oh, really? What was that like? You know, I, I imagine when you tell people that you started doing real estate in early 2020, you're going to have all kinds of people asking you years down the road, oh, what was that like? You know? Um, yeah. Yeah, that's but, uh, absolutely true. And actually, the first two months, um, COVID was like, oh, it's, you know, the hoof and mouth disease. You know, it's one of those, you know, disorders going on in another mm-hmm. country. It's not a big deal. But, you know, about time first of March hit, all of a sudden, it's like, uh-oh, um, things are going a little strange now. And then it mm-hmm. really got chaotic. And, you know, we shut our office down for a few weeks. And then, you know, we're observing all the proper precautions and so forth. But, uh I think Lincoln and Nebraska and, and Lincoln especially has handled COVID amazingly. They've, they've gone by the book, but yet kept things as open as possible. And it's really, really been very good for us, I think, in terms of um, being able to still have that flexibility and freedom you need to be able to do your job and work and work with people, but not to the point where, you know, you're, you're in a cell somewhere in your basement hiding. Mm-hmm. That, that raises a question that I've wondered about and, and happy to be able to talk with you about. So when someone's trying to buy a house right now, like, mm-hmm. do they still go through it? Like, how does that change as a result? Yep. Of they, they've, uh, the industry's offered a bunch of different options. You know, some of them, they actually, the realtor will walk through on a Zoom call or on FaceTime or something to that effect and show them the rooms oh, and okay. so on and so forth. Um, obviously, it doesn't have the effect as anybody that's ever bought a house knows. You look at all the pictures online or watch the 3D video and then you go through the house and it's like, wow, this doesn't look anything like that. <laughs> so, um, most of the stuff, in fact, 100% of all the stuff I've done since COVID hit has been in person and going through the house. Now we're careful. We use um, hand sanitizer, mask up if necessary, if, but we spread out and stay social distanced and, you know, keep our hands off things other than doorknobs that you have to touch to go through and so forth. But, yeah. um, you know, very respectful and uh, have really zero issues with it. And people have, you know, some of the open houses I've helped host, um, you know, people will come in with a mask. I'll have a mask on. And if they ask if they can take it off, I'm like, yeah, if you feel comfortable, please feel free. And, you know, again, Lincoln's great about that. I, I haven't had in or seen any issues or even heard of any issues of people with masks and social distancing and crap like that. So um, it's been, been pretty normal, I would say, you know. Hmm. That's good to hear. Yeah. So anyhow, that's uh, generally where we're at um, as far as uh, the – um, real estate industry is going again. We we need uh, listings, especially on the residential side. It's a great time to upgrade or downsize. We need the listings because there are buyers out there, and you price it right, and your house will be gone in. Well, right now, averaging eleven days. So <laughs> that's insane. Yeah, that's something that we encourage people to do um, on the podcast pretty regularly. Is to reach out to you early in the process. Um, I'm just thinking from my own perspective of some, as somebody who is not a homeowner, as somebody who has only ever rented, uh, mm-hmm. when should somebody reach out to you? Like when in the process, That's I know people question. like to get on the internet and just look at Zillow, like you mentioned earlier and poke around on stuff, but, but when yeah. they're ready to take that step, when would you say is the best time to reach out? Yeah, I think, you know, sooner you know, if someone reaches out to me and I don't know them or anything and they're like, hey, um, we got your name from so-and-so and they said that, you know, we're thinking about getting a house and I get some preliminary information. I'll set up a 
an MLS search for what they look for, you know, their price range, how many bedrooms, how many baths, what size of house, what type of house, and then run a search. And then I'll just start firing them emails uh, regarding the listings. And then, you know, do you want to go through this? It's open tomorrow or we can go in anytime. And then you start the process there. Um, you know, that's one way of doing it. Uh, another way, you know, that people like to do is um, they like to, basically go through several different people at once. One of the things I will say is right now in the uh, residential side, you need to be pre-approved by a lender for up to a given amount. Or if you have your eye on a specific property, you need, need to get approval for that property because if you don't have a letter pre of pre-approval, um, the sellers won't even entertain your offer. Mm. And that's a little unusual. You know, I think part of the problem, HGTV is not doing us any favors right now because their shows, <laughs> you can go through five houses over two weekends and then they kind of fuss around and all that good stuff. And, and then they go, oh, we think we want this one. Okay, go get it and live happily ever after. Well, that's not reality in Lincoln, Nebraska. It's <laughs> You better be able to move the same day. And um, and that pre-approval is, is important. So if you don't have a relationship with a, uh, residential or mortgage lender, you know, let us know. We, we can line you up with somebody. We have good relationships with a lot of mortgage bankers here in Lincoln and they'll sit down and go through your stuff, go through your stuff and figure out, you know, what, what you can afford and what you'd be ap approved up to. And then at least, you know, where your top boundary will sit. So do you have people who uh, you will go with them to see a lot of houses um, before I, what, where I'm coming from this question is when my wife and I bought a home, Things were moving pretty quick a few years ago as well, not, not this yeah. quick. Yeah, and, no, it's been strong for several years, but you're and, right. And But it was really helpful for us to get through a whole bunch of houses just mm -hmm. so that when we found the one we, we, we liked, knowing that things had to happen quickly, we felt more comfortable making yeah. that decision. I mean, is that something that you've, you've been doing here? Yeah, yeah. I, one couple I did uh, worked with earlier in February and March. Um, I think we went through twenty-two houses together. Ooh, wow! wow. <laughs> um, another thing that's quite effective sometimes is if you're not really sure what style of house you like, and you know, do you want a, a split entry, a multi-level, a ranch, a two-story? Um, best thing to do is set up um, a bunch of open houses on a Sunday. And say, okay, here's five nice listings that are all, you know, they're different, but they're in your price range. They're nice houses. And then just go hit, you know, five uh, open houses with them on a Sunday. And that way they kind of get a mix of everything all in one day. So it's not look at one listing one day, two a couple days later and so forth. It's not piecemeal. It's like all at once you can kind of get a better feel for it, especially early in your search when you don't really know what you want. Yeah. Yeah. When you have to make a decision really fast, it's good to have seen yeah other things so that you have something to compare against one buyer couple I'm, I'm working with right now you know after they'd been through a house or two they were like um we don't want to split entry we don't like the style for whatever reason you know my first house in Lincoln was a split entry but you know neither here nor there but if you don't like it you don't like it so yep. i changed the search parameter and boom cut it cut it out so no split entries don't even pop up so mm -hmm. cool pinnacle realty group is is growing uh quite rapidly it's a, it's a great company to work for i've known bob and sally uh, his wife who are the co-owners for, um, geez, close to 30 years. I worked with Bob at a previous job and um, we knew each other reasonably well then. And then we, you know, I'd run into him every couple of weeks and just stayed in touch, played golf together and all that. And um, they're, they're great people. They, they run an extremely ethical business. It's, uh, they're very fair about everything, non-judgmental. They just are great people to work for. So it's a very good company at its core.
And so, you know, the agents reflect that as well, I would like to think. So cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Sounds like a good fit for us. <laughs> Honestly. Awesome. All right, Mike. Uh, I'll meet with you next week. <laughs> sure. Um, so, Monty, what's your take on, on this football season? I mean, I'm sure the heck glad it's back. Mm-hmm. Some semblance, you know, it's, uh, you know, when they canceled it, I I was disappointed, but I figured the whole country would be. And then when it got to the big conferences, only the, the Pac-12 followed suit. I was like, are you kidding me? Hmm. Are you kidding me? We're going to be one of two big conferences sitting out the whole season. And then I thought of the players, and I'm like, those poor kids, you know, that's all they live for. They've worked their tails off. They've, hmm. you know, busted, busted their butts to get where they're trying to get to, get noticed by someone. And now the whole season just shot. And especially, you know, seeing Florida State pack their stadium the first week, you know, I was just infuriated. I'm like, this is not right. I think we could handle the season. And so I was really glad to see it pop back, even in, in this semblance. And bring on Ohio State. I'm not worried. In fact, I think <laughs> when I think about it, I think it, if there was ever a bad time for Ohio State to play Nebraska, it's going to be that game because we have four weeks to prepare for them. We have – they have no – this year's uh, game film on us. Yeah. You know, Scott can pull out the um, the playbook that no one's ever seen before and won't see. Um, yeah. And, you know, we got we got motivation. And why, why not? You know, I think it, it'd be a great start to, um, you know, our season to start on the, on the hard end instead of the soft end. It's only going to make us better because we're going to practice like crazy. You know, those guys aren't going in unprepared. So (laughs) it's funny you mentioned that it makes me think of all the years where Nebraska started five and oh six and oh and then everything hit the fan once you hit you know (laughs) mid-October you might hit hit the last game in your non-conference schedule going in lackadaisical and you get beat by them and it's like Mm -hmm. what you know Mm -hmm. yeah you're absolutely right Mike and so I'm actually kind of excited at first I was going to not Ohio State. Oh my gosh, it's going to be terrible. And then I thought, the more I thought about it, it's like, no, this is actually going to be a really good thing. So I think it's going to make us really strong and make us work really hard and get the season kicked off. Even if we lose, I think it's going to be great for us. So, what uh, I'm trying to think of a, a good global question here. How, um, so how long have you, or how did you become a Husker fan? Well, I was born in Nebraska, so that qualifies. <laughs> so um, beyond that, yeah, it was all about Husker football. I mean, my dad would read the Omaha World Herald every Sunday morning, and all the the sports pages with the pictures of Johnny Rogers and you know um, Jerry Taggy and those guys, and we would read that thing just front to back, and it was just like all you could do is be a Husker fan. So it was pretty easy. <laughs> Do you happen to remember your first game in Memorial Stadium? That I went to? Yeah. Um, let's see. I'm trying to remember if before I actually came down here to go to school, if I actually went to a game before that. I'm not sure I did, but I do remember my freshman year, and I was in a fraternity, and we had really decent seats in the south end zone. And uh, I, I just have to say we had an absolute blast. It was awesome. You know, there were oranges getting chucked when Oklahoma came to town. And oh, man. It was, it was insane, but it, <laughs> it was a lot of fun. You know, Jarvis Redwine's still my favorite running back of all time. I've never seen a guy run like that guy did. But Was, was he uh, was he the running back when you were in school then? Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, he 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 ran like uh, sweetness of Chicago Bears. He had a fluidity to him that was unheard of, and he ran a four three forty back in nineteen eighty, and absolutely wow fast. And then he got went through a couple injuries, and it slowed him down. And he just kind of disappeared off the radar eventually. But boy, that guy was fun to watch. Yeah, you you wonder if we had some of the medical technology for like ACL reconstructive surgeries and repairs yeah. then, like we have now, how some careers could have been extended. Yeah, exactly. Jarvis wasn't a big bruiser. He was a fluid runner, and he probably only weighed 190 pounds. But mm. um, he found seams, and then he was gone. It was just insane watching him. So much fun. Yeah, one thing that Mike and I have talked a lot about is in the first two years of the Frost um, era, the, the defense has not been able to get those stops when yeah. you need them. But at the same time, the offense hasn't been quite as prolific as maybe – Scott's counting on it to be. I mean, do you, how do you feel about how Chenander's doing? Yeah, I think, um, yes, we have had a lot of holes in our defense in the last couple of years. Um, I think this is going to be a better year than what we've seen of the first two. I don't think it'll be the year to end all years, but I think it's going to be a definite improvement. Obviously they better bring an A game to uh, Ohio state or it's going to get ugly or, or we might outsmart them, but you know, if you look at like Martinez, his freshman year, he was amazing. And then last year, you know, he just seemed a little off the whole season. He just seemed a little off. And part of it was some lingering injury and so forth, I know. And, but I think if he comes back at the level he did that freshman year with a couple of years maturity, it's going to be insane. And if he's mm-hmm. healthy, obviously. But, um, and then you got McCaffrey sitting right behind him. So it's like, yeah, this could be pretty fun. It'd be nice to figure out a way to, for them to set up a, a kind of a two platoon system and give each other a break and, you know, keep the defense off guard like crazy. And, sure. you know, that, that'd be kind of fun to see, but yeah, the defense is really going to have to be there. So. Yeah. I'm, we lost some, some really talented defensive linemen um, who are, who are in the league now. And, yeah. and, and despite that we struggled last year. So um, that's, that's something I'm really, really interested to see. I mean, we've got some young Solid dudes, um, yeah. but I, you know, that's where the, the game's made or, made or lost, I think. Yeah. I mean, they say championships are won on the defense side of the ball, so, um, you know, it's, it's really, it really is true. And, you know, I think our linebacking core needs some work. And, you know, we used to have the speed and the size in the linebacking core, and then it seems like one year we have the speed and not the size, and the next year mm-hmm. we have it the opposite or whatever. And we need that speed, speed size factor back. And, you know, some of those those linebackers that can still move and, and really hit hard, um, you know, it just seems like that, that's that been a little lost. We've had some great defensive backs over the last few years, but it just seems like the linebackers have, you know, there's been a lot of holes in our middle. Yeah, I definitely agree. Have you uh, – do you usually try to get to an away game every year? You know, I haven't been to a away game in a number of years. I, I'm not a really good traveling Tusker. Part of it <laughs> is just my previous job. You know, I was on the road a lot. Oh, uh, yeah. Exactly. And, yeah. And so, you get home and all I want to do is sit home and watch TV with my family and watch the game. And I'd always go to one or two or three games at home every year. And I uh, always loved the stadium experience. But uh, so, yeah, I, I think the last one I went to was – Eric Crouch in Iowa in, geez, I don't even remember what year that was. That was when he ran over the DB going in. Oh, you were there. Wow. I was sitting right in that end zone, right in front. He was like 20 yards from him when he mashed that guy over, and it was like, oh, this is so great. (laughs) 
Um, do you think that uh, we'll see fans in the stadium at any point this fall? You know, I sure hope so. I, I know the, the phase four uh, opening allotted for maybe up to 30,000, but then Lincoln, you know, is a little more conservative. And of course the big 10 saying not note and anything right now, but I think once the big 10 uh, relinquishes some of the control there, I think that, yeah, we'll see some fans. Yeah. I, sure, I sure hope we do. It'd be a shame if we didn't. I don't know about you guys, but the vibe I get from campus and from the city is that things are going pretty well on mm. campus right now. Yeah. Um, you know, I think I feel like back in early August, you know, maybe a month ago, even mid-August, there was a lot of trepidation about how this experiment was going to work. But I feel like, yeah. you know, any outbreak has been isolated. Yeah. And they're, and they're saying that there's no transmission in class. So it's just, you know, it's really how you take care of yourself yeah. socially. Yeah, I, I agree. The the one uh, wild card in there that that kind of skews it a little bit is you're dealing with that that younger population that seems like they have a much stronger immune system to fight things off. Whereas you know if you start bringing in the stadium stalwarts, um, you know some mm. of them getting up in years and so forth. So you know I think if they found a way to spread people out, people still did their masks when they're up out of their seats. You know, just kind of like what the bars and restaurants are doing right now. You know. I think that it all helps, but nothing's going to quote cure it other than time and, you know, hopefully a vaccine someday, yeah. but, uh, you know, we might not even see that in our lifetime. You never know. So. Yeah. I think we're in a kind of a wait and see period with how it goes with other schools. That is the one thing that the big 10 has at their advantage right now is the fact that, you know, we are seeing a bunch of college teams that they're letting fans in the stadium even their student section spread mm -hmm. out yeah. um and uh you know i think that we're going to know pretty well by the end of october how well that's going for all the schools that are doing it already you know yeah, i agree because that'll be a full month and a half or two months in um and that, that'll be a good uh, you know, test platform to see you know how, how well it, it's being handled and managed by what other schools have done so it's a very good point yeah, I'm I'm excited just to have it back. So even if yeah. it's eight games and it's it's the Big Ten, great. I'm good with that. At least the yeah. boys can play. Yeah, mm -hmm. that that that's kind of been our take. Is people have kind of whined about the schedule, but it's like we've got a schedule. So yeah, what we wanted, and we've this season was always going to be a tough season. This was yeah, this was always going to be a very tough season. Now it's just we lost some of the games yeah. that we thought we had a better chance of winning. Is basically what happened. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But it just the more I thought about it, I'm thinking, you know, having Ohio State first, that might not be a bad thing. Yeah. You know? so yeah. That's great. Well, uh, whenever we have a guest on the show, we always like to give them the opportunity to, to plug their uh, internet presence, ways that they can get a hold of you. We always do that for you every episode. But, you know, yeah. if, you, if you could tell our listeners how they can get in touch with you, it would be great. Sure. It's uh, just Pinnacle Realty Group in Lincoln, Nebraska. You know, I'm Monty Rohde. So it's Monty, M-O-N-T-Y dot Rohde. That's R-O-H-D-E at P-R-G Lincoln.com. Or my phone number at 402-770-3356. Sounds good. Awesome. Well, Monty, it's been a, it's been a real pleasure to, to see you and to have a yeah. conversation here. Absolutely. And uh, thanks for your support of the show. And uh, we're super excited to be able to talk about your the work you're doing with the season this fall great great sounds good guys and mike right. when you're ready to look for a house let me know sounds good <laughs> all right hey go big red monty yes absolutely take care guys thanks bye, bye.
Thanks again to Mr. Rody for joining us on the podcast. Uh, it's great to, like I said before, to finally have him on. I know we've been talking about it for a couple of months now at this point. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So it's great to kind of uh, let him have his opportunity to to chime in before the season starts in earnest. And um, yeah, speaking of the season starting in just a couple of weeks, I guess we can talk a little bit about our plans for. Um, I guess next week and the week after. Next thing you know, we're going to be talking about actual Nebraska football games. Yeah, the next the next like eleven weeks, right? Because mm. so next week we'll finally be doing our long-awaited by us and you, I'm sure, season preview, <laughs> where we're going to walk through each each game and and pick our winners and losers for the season. And by the end, we'll have we'll know what we're expecting uh, for win totals and and then uh, and then yeah, the following week we'll preview Ohio State. And the week after that, we'll react to the Ohio State game, the, to the victory over Ohio State, and we'll preview Wisconsin. And, man, we will be on our way. Can't wait, man. It's I'm so ready. I was just having a conversation with a family member about this yesterday, about how, man, it, it's one thing to be watching, you know, Texas and Texas, you know, TCU playing each other. That's fine. That's fun. That was actually a pretty exciting game. It was a bizarre game in many respects. But um, man, I'm I'm ready for Nebraska football. If we did not have this light at the end of the tunnel, I don't know how I'd make it. <laughs> you know, like I, man, this fall would be a big bummer if they did not figure out a way to make Big Ten football happen, and we're finally yeah. getting it. Yeah, super depressing. <laughs> But also super encouraging that it looks like it's it's actually going to happen this time. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Here we go. Go Big Red. Go Big Red. Go Big Red. Go Big Red. The Husker Football Fan Podcast is an unofficial, non-commercial podcast and is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. The views expressed on this podcast belong solely to the individuals expressing them. The Husker Football Fan Podcast is not endorsed by or affiliated with the Nebraska Cornhuskers or the University of Nebraska. Nebraska.